Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in New Orleans, Louisiana, with my new friends Angela and Mark Aspiazu of NoSecretTours.com. Mark was born and raised in New Orleans, while Angela came here on a business trip and fell in love with the city. She quit her job and changed her career so that way she can move here. In this episode, we talk about exploring the history of the French Quarter, listening to live jazz music, and visiting the World War II Museum. Hear about these three incredible interactions and so much more. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash New Orleans. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Don't you just hate waiting in line for security at the airport? Me too. Even the pre-check lines are slammed most of the time today. That's why I use Clear to skip the lines and get to my flight quicker. For my listeners, I've actually worked out a special deal where you can try Clear for free for two months. This is a limited time offer, so go to wetravelthere.com forward slash clear to sign up today. Hey, Angela and Mark, welcome to the show. Hello. Hi, thank you for having us. Absolutely. So today we're talking about New Orleans. It's one of my favorite cities to visit. It's so much fun to be there. You actually wrote the book on New Orleans, so I knew I had to have you on the show. Oh, well, thanks. We appreciate it. (laughs) So actually, what's your connection to the city? I was born and raised here, um, so I'm like 46 now. I've always lived here in New Orleans. It's funny because, you know, growing up in New Orleans, you take things for granted. And it wasn't until Angela showed up that I I recognized how much I didn't know. (laughs) So I was sent here on a business trip and came a day early just kind of meandered the city, fell in love with the city. So long story short, went back to my home in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And within five months, I had quit my job and needed to change careers to come here. But I needed to know more and experience this amazing, unique place. Great cities will do that to you. So that's awesome. You did a little bit of a, a leisure trip, right? Like you added, you tacked on a little day here and there. I think that's what a lot of our re- our listeners do as well. Is that maybe you're you're traveling to a city that you have to go to for business. Maybe your convention starts on a Monday. You, you arrive on a Saturday or Sunday, and then get a little a sightseeing in while you're there. Yes. Now, the, a lot of people do that with New Orleans too. And as long as they get off of Bourbon Street during that first day, that the extra day they're here, <laughs> it's a great situation. Yeah. With, with Bourbon Street, maybe you tack that on to the end of your business trip. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Right on. So if you had to describe the city of New Orleans or the people in just one or two words, how would you do that? Uh, for me, it would be that, that one word would be diversity. New Orleans is is a city made up of various ethnicities that have blended into this one thing we call Creole. And altogether, it's constantly growing and evolving. And so I love the diversity in both the culinary diversity, that's where it really is pronounced, but also the historical diversity. You know, it's not just American. It's a different form of American history, I should say. It's just such a diverse, amazing place, both in, like I said, the food, but also in the architecture, uh, the history, the people really is a very colorful place. Mm-hmm. And going on with colorful, my word would be spirited because all these different people, they love deeply, they work hard, they play, and there's always this just extra spirit that's about the people and the culture here. 
when I was growing up, we used to fly into New Orleans on our way to Mississippi to visit family and everything. And I will have to say that whenever I would visit, it was quite a different experience as a, as a child than versus when I've been there as an adult. And uh, being there as an adult now, especially now that I live in, in Nashville and music is such a part of the culture here, I know it's, it's a huge part of the culture there in, in New Orleans as well. It is. It is. I love that you can just be walking down the street and someone will be riding their bicycle singing at the top of their lungs and nobody thinks anything of it. There's just music in the air constantly here and in people's souls. Absolutely. I, back in LA where I used to live, if somebody was riding down the street on their bike, singing at the top of their lungs, they would probably call the cops. Yeah. <laughs> Midwest too. You don't do that. <laughs> Absolutely. Like when I used to visit New Orleans, especially as a kid, I remember one time we arrived, it was like eight o'clock at night. It had to have been 80 degrees and it was raining. I know the weather here in the South is completely different than anything that I experienced in California. Like, what's the weather like throughout the year? And when people are thinking about coming to visit New Orleans, when should they plan on visiting? Great question, because, yeah, New Orleans is a, definitely a city of extremes, especially when it comes to weather. Uh, in the summer, it's rainy off and on. You know, that, that old saying I think everyone says in every city is, if you don't like the weather, wait a couple of minutes and then it's going to change. But that couldn't be more true than in New Orleans. We have a lot of cells that come through, so it'll be pouring down raining, but just for a few minutes. Don't ever cancel your plans because of a projected rain the next day. It's the worst thing you can do because it might rain for a minute and then it'll be fine. One of my suggestions when it comes to visiting New Orleans, I love the month of October. It's cooler. The crowds aren't quite here yet. There's a lot to do. There's still a lot going on, but it's not as crowded. Then the weather is just pristine. It's perfect. Absolutely beautiful. When people are planning the, to make their visit to New Orleans, obviously there's the there's the big airport that's there. What's it called again? The MSY or Louis Armstrong International. Okay. So when they fly into the, to Louis Armstrong, from there to like the popular areas of where you should be staying, you know, things to do, how do you get there from the, from the airport? Do you rent a car? Do you take public transportation, uh, Uber? What's the best way to get around? The easiest way, in my opinion, is Uber. It's just a piece of cake. You just jump out there, get in your Uber, and have them take you right downtown. There is public transportation, but it's it's really difficult to navigate that. Okay. And so while they're there, everything's pretty walkable from what I remember. That Unless you're take, taking like a longer tour of someplace outside of the downtown area, right? Right. Yeah. You know, running a car here for your first time, it's not advisable. You'll be totally wasting your money. And that's what we tell people all the time. If you've never been here before, the French Quarter is going to take up a lot of your time because there's just so much to see just in the French Quarter. And it's all completely walkable. 20-minute walk from top to bottom or from left to right. And then you're probably going to want to see a couple of other, you'll have a little bit more time for a couple of other neighborhoods, but you really won't ever need to drive your own car. Plus parking is expensive. Yeah, it's just easier to just jump into an Uber if you're going to go to one of the outlying neighborhoods. It's just, it's too easy. Uber or the streetcar. St. Charles Avenue streetcar line is the oldest continuously used passenger rail line in the country. One of the oldest in the world. So that's a very historic part of New Orleans. And it's just plain fun to take a streetcar here. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know that obviously San Francisco, is they are very big and popular with their streetcar. But I think I don't know that a lot of people are familiar with the New Orleans version of that. Yeah, well, San Francisco has the trolley. <laughs> we make that <laughs> distinction whenever we're talking <laughs> to people here. A lot of times they get the question, hey, so where, where are the trolleys? That's in San Francisco. We have streetcars. <laughs> so 
Uh, but there is a streetcar from New Orleans in San Francisco, and we were actually walking around San Francisco. We saw it. It's the, one of the green ones from our St. Charles streetcar line. It's being used in San Francisco. Oh, that's really awesome, making that connection like that. So when we're thinking of where we should stay when we visit New Orleans, should we stay like in that French Quarter area or someplace else? My opinion is I think the best place you can stay uh, in New Orleans is going to be the CBD. I got a lot of times tell people the CBD does not stand for what you think it is. It's Central Business District. And the CBD is just across Canal Street from the French Quarter. And those are, in my opinion, the best, newest, cleanest, freshest hotels. They're awesome. Love the CBD. The walking and the bars in the CBD, few people even know about. It's not really highlighted as much, but they're fantastic. And then just a block over, just cross the street, and you're in the French Quarter. And so it's easy in and out, easy access to the interstate, easy access to the French Quarter, easy access to the streetcar line. It takes you straight out. So yeah, that's that's my recommendation to CBD. Yeah, that's a good one. Especially like uh, during the weekends, the Central Business District, it's generally pretty empty, right? Yeah. Because they're there during the week. It's all for businesses, for meetings, conventions, whatever. But on the weekends... Yeah, everybody's packed into the French Quarter, so those prices are probably a little bit higher, whereas the, the Central Business District is a little bit more of a ghost town on the weekends compared to like the popular areas. So the price is probably a little bit cheaper. Yeah, it's one of my favorite places to take people to some hidden gems, people that you just don't realize what's in the CBD. They've got some amazing hidden bars and restaurants, some world-renowned and James Beard award-winning restaurants right there in the CBD. In my opinion, the best food in New Orleans is in the CBD. So before we get into the, the food there, do you have any favorites of the hotels that are there in the CBD? Um, there are some that really stand out. One of them is La Pavillon. And that actually, we wrote a little vignette about in the book because they got at auction the bathtub that Napoleon owned. And it's pointing to the fact that it was the bathtub he was actually bathing in at the time his brothers came in the room and were talking about um, the sale of Louisiana territory to the Americans. And he stood up and said, it's my say is final and splashed <laughs> one of his brothers. <laughs> the, so the decision was made to sell right in that bathtub. And at Le Pavillon, you can stay in the room that has that bathtub and I guess bathe like an emperor. <laughs> That's really cool. Well, it's also it's also really cool that it comes full circle, right? He made the decision to sell Louisiana to the U.S. And now that bathtub where he made the decision is here in the U.S. That That's such a cool story. And it's a great hotel too. I mean, mm-hmm. when you drive by, it's this opulent wedding cake looking with uh, statues outside. And it's, it's very pronounced when you see it. It's absolutely beautiful. And when you walk in, it's incredible. A couple of the lesser known hotels that people need to really check out, and they're amazing, but they're hidden away. And very few people would know about them. One's called Catahoula. And Catahoula, it's named Catahoula because the official dog of the state of Louisiana is the Catahoula leopard dog. But uh, this hotel is just really amazing little boutique hotel. It's uh, themed around uh, Peruvian Pisco in their bar. And it's just an incredible little experience. It's small and it's uh, not quite as expensive as some of the other higher-ended uh, hotels like the Roosevelt. But that's another really cool hotel. And great rooftop bar there too. Oh yeah, amazing rooftop bar. Nice. I love some rooftop bars. That's really cool. Okay. So you were mentioning uh, earlier about some of the food that's there in the CBD that are kind of like hidden gems. Yes. Love the food in the CBD. For my birthday, the place that I go to is one great one called Koshan. Koshan is owned by a James Beard award-winning chef. 
he's absolutely incredible. And Koshan is one of the last and one of the only truly Cajun restaurants in New Orleans. You know, a lot of people come to New Orleans to eat Cajun food, but what most people don't realize is New Orleans really isn't Cajun at all. It's Creole. And we go over the distinctions of that in all of our tours, the qualities that make them different. A truly Cajun restaurant is Koshan. It's just off the hook. Koshan means pork in French, and it's wonderful. Oh, right. On. Yeah. Actually, I learned when we interviewed uh, somebody from Lafayette, the distinction between like the Cajun and the Creole. So it's, it's interesting that there's that big distinction there. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a fallacy to think that you come to New Orleans for Cajun food. It really is. Uh, let's talk about some of the other things we should be doing while we're there. Obviously, you know a lot about it because not only did you write the book, you have your own tour about New Orleans. I guess we could start with your tour a little bit and then let's talk about some of the things that maybe we'll see in the tour as well as some of the other things that are maybe outside of your tour that people should do. Which tour? <laughs> now, we actually offer like eight or 10 different tours now through New Orleans Secrets tours. Some of our favorites would be that magazine street foodie tour, since you're talking about food. That's when, like Mark was saying, we go over the culinary history of the city and all the different immigrant groups that contributed to it. What's the difference between Creole and Cajun? But uh, it goes to five different local restaurants. And you eat (laughs) while you learn. So it's a fantastic about three hour experience. And it's an excuse to get people out of the French quarter because you're getting into the garden district neighborhood and dining along magazine street, which is where a lot of locals go when they're looking for food and some boutique shopping. So a nice excuse to get out. Of course, we have a, a ghost tour as well in the French quarter. That maxes out at 10 people. So that's a nice, intimate, haunted experience. I took one of those once when I was in New Orleans. And I normally don't get spooked out. But as I was hearing the stories and looking around, I actually had some shivers. Like my I, the hairs on my arms were sticking up and everything else, man. It was, it was pretty wild. It's a blast. It really is. You know, and our guides do something a little bit different. We we bring you to the places and tell you the stories and you will get freaked out. But then we also go into some of the reality of it. What's some of the truth? What is some of the research that they've done? So it's not just, you know, spook stories at every corner. There's a lot of truth to it as well. One of my favorite ones is a different kind of spirit, and that's our cocktail tour. We do a cocktail tour of the French Quarter. It's three hours long. We go over the history of the quarter and how it combines with the history of the American cocktail, why New Orleans is so important when it comes to the cocktail, what is a cocktail, and why do we call it cocktail? And we go to some iconic places and have drinks. It's a history class over happy hour. It's kind of like that, uh, that TV show, Drunk History. Well, yeah, kind (laughs) of. We don't get that drunk first. I just prime you. And then when the tour is over, that's when you go out there and really have a blast. Absolutely. I like to think of that one as history over happy hour. There we go. (laughs) Let's touch on a little bit of some of the common things that people do when they're in New Orleans. Obviously, they can talk about the French Quarter. There's a lot of history there. There's the Cafe du Monde for beignets. You have to do those when you're there. There's also things like swamp tours. What are some of the other things that people, kind of like a, like a bucket list of things that people need to make sure they check off while they're there before we get into some more of the uh, hidden gems? Yeah, definitely beignets, but not you know not where you think. I know that Cafe du Monde is great, but that's a big tourist uh, trap to some people. Huge lines to get in. We have other places that we go to for beignets, and one's on our foodie tour. Definitely do a swamp tour. A lot of fun. Plantations are incredible. I highly recommend the Whitney Plantation, where the focus is on the slaves and not on the family that owned the plantation, uh, which is a really interesting turn, really interesting twist that they did, and it's mind-blowing. 
And then a really fantastic one, of course, you can't miss the World War II Museum. It's it's one of the top museums in the United States. If you're going to go, make sure you see the, the 4D movie Beyond All Boundaries with Tom Hanks. It's an event. It really isn't something you really should not miss. It's important to you know it when you leave. You feel like, wow, I'm glad I did it. And you really need at least four hours minimum to do that museum any justice. It's absolutely huge. But another one of my favorites to recommend is Mardi Gras World. So a lot of people will think, oh, well, that's for the kids, right? Sure it is. But you know what? It's for adults, too. So you really uncover some of the mysteries and the history and the culture behind Mardi Gras and learn that it's not just one day every year. It's a full two weeks plus. It's a whole season. And people spend so much time and energy and money (laughs) on these Mardi Gras celebrations. And you even walk through an area where they're making these huge floats and get to see that all firsthand. It's interesting you said that it's not just for kids, it's for adults. I actually had the flip opinion. I thought Mardi Gras was more adults because of like, you know, the beads and everything like that happens there. I didn't realize there was much more of the kids side as well. Oh, it is. It's so family friendly. Now, as someone who grew up outside of New Orleans, that was one of the biggest shockers for me was to find out that Mardi Gras, again, is not one day. It's a full two weeks. And that means you're not working for a good five days of that two weeks. But the fact it is so family friendly, there are these family traditions that happen at the parades. And um, if you see the kids and the parents throwing footballs in between the floats and the parades. So, yeah, there's definitely that debauchery that Mardi Gras is known for. And that's on (laughs) Bourbon Street and even a few other places in the French Quarter. But most locals won't even go into the French Quarter during Mardi Gras. They don't have to. These parades are all over the city and they're in everyone's neighborhoods. So it's definitely something that um, it's multi-generational. That's really cool. For the listeners who aren't really familiar with, with Mardi Gras, what time of year does that happen? Typically February, March. It's kind of one of those moving holidays. It, it moves around. It's a Catholic holiday. You know, it started off in the Catholic religion. In, in Catholicism, they celebrate Fat Tuesday. Have you ever heard of Fat Tuesday? Mm-hmm. Do you know how to say it in French? No. Mardi Gras. Oh, there. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But yeah, so it's it's kind of moves around. Technically, it's the twelfth night after Christmas is when the Mardi Gras season begins, and then it goes all the way through Fat Tuesday. And you know, there's a lot of different ways you can tell which Tuesday it's going to be, but it moves around from week to week. Fat Tuesday is the day before Lent begins, which means the following day is going to be Ash Wednesday. So you just count back from Easter. Okay, and that makes a lot of sense. So you mentioned beignets. I got stuck in my mind there because they're so delicious. (laughs) One, I know from personal experience, do not wear black when you eat them because (laughs) it's like almost impossible to get that sugar off of you. Where are the a couple places that you recommend people go? That way we don't have to sit in line over at Cafe du Monde. That is the question. And that's a great question. Here's one of my favorite secrets that very few people know. But once you figure it out, you'll do a beeline there when you get off the plane. On Canal Street, we've got the Ritz-Carlton Hotel, beautiful hotel. Go upstairs, go to their bar, which is right by the, the lobby, and go to the bar and ask for the flight of beignets. And there are these fantastic, they're a little bit smaller beignets covered in powdered sugar, but they come with these dipping sauces. It's a chocolate vanilla and a raspberry, and it's just fantastic. And it's just a beautiful environment to eat your beignets. You're not among all the crowds and all the sitting, standing in line for a simple donut with sugar on it. 
yeah, those are pretty fantastic. If you want that experience, but you don't want to stand in line, there's another place in the French Quarter called Café Beignet, and there's three of them, one on bourbon, one on royal, and one on charters. I prefer the one on royal, but they're almost all the same. And they're all made by hand, you know, uh, they're not just heating up something that's already been done. The second you order it, they're heating up the oil and they're making them fresh. I can't say the same for Café du Monde anymore because so many people go that they have to do it quickly and there's a machine that drills them out now that's not they're not being done by hand anymore. So I like some of the other lesser known places because they're still doing them by hand and of course I love dipping sauces at the Ritz. Hey, I mean, a flight of beignets like you had me right there. I was <laughs> I'm ready to go right now. <laughs> we only have a couple more minutes. Uh, what are a couple other nuggets that people wouldn't find on Google, you know, all the other type of websites out there uh, when they're looking at things to do when they're in New Orleans or places to eat? What are a couple suggestions you would have? Well, one of them is definitely for music. Um, head over to Frenchman Street. And Frenchman Street is just about two and a half blocks of a bunch of amazing music live uh, music venues that are just right next to each other. So you walk down the street, you hear something you like, that's where you go in. Another one of the bars that very few people know about that I love is called Bakery Bar, and it's closer to the uh, the World War II Museum, but it's a bakery with some of the most amazing confections and uh, these little bites called Dobash Bites. You'd have to look up what Dobash is. It looks like it's spelled Doberge, D-O-B-E-R-G-E, but it's pronounced Dobash. It's just off the hook fantastic, but it's also a bar. So you get and you're eating all this cake and all these confections with uh, your drinks, and it's really fantastic. That's a great little secret nugget place that I like bringing people to. Yeah, that sounds like a great place for like after dinner and everything. Oh, fantastic for after dinner. Uh, one thing we haven't talked about is where should we go for breakfast? Obviously, if you spend a, a night on Bourbon Street, you're going to need something in the morning to, to soak up everything before you start out on your day. What should we do there? Oh, my God. What a such a <laughs> huge question. But there are some amazing places uh, number one on my list, I guess, would have to be, and I know that if anyone else in, from New Orleans is listening, they're probably going to be like, they're going to either love it or hate it, or because everyone's got their place. But one of my favorites is called the Ruby Slipper. The Ruby Slipper is just unbelievable. Every single time I go, I'm blown away. Everybody I bring to is blown away. They do a flight of pancakes where you get these different flavored pancakes. They're famous for their different hollandaise sauce dishes, you know, like different Benedicts. It's unbelievable. It really is fantastic. Mm -hmm. That's one of my favorite breakfast places too. There are many of them now in the New Orleans area. They're starting to grow, but it is still a local chain. So we still give it our huge stamp of approval. <laughs> but my favorite dish there is the Cochon Benedict. Um, Cochon Delay is a menu item you'll see here in New Orleans. It means pig of milk. And they're talking about a young suckling pig. It's very tender. It's like the texture of pulled pork, but don't think barbecue because they roast this tenderloin in its own juices. They shred it, and then they put that as the meat on the Eggs Benedict. Ugh, it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and another one you may want to check out if you have Netflix and you've seen the TV show Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with uh, Jerry Seinfeld. Go look up the episode with Jamie Foxx, and they go eat in a wonderful restaurant on Magazine Street called Slim Goodies. They specialize in just breakfast, and every one of their dishes is just outlandish. If you go to their website, you can just read it, and your mouth will be watering in two minutes. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to go check that out right after here. I'm hungry. So uh, all this talk about food is making me uh, salivate right now. Yeah, it's supposedly New Orleans invented brunch. 
So we've got a tons of different places. That goes back to um, the World's Fair in 1884. The very first World's Fair was held here in New Orleans. And over by the French market, Madame Begay had her restaurant for the butchers. The butchers would work at the French market early in the morning. Their work is done. They'd come to Madame Begay's place uh, midday, and they were hungry for their main meal. Well, when you eat your main meal after work, a lot of people like to unwind with a little cocktail or wine. So she started having these boozy lunches, which um, people that came here for the first World's Fair thought, wow, booze for lunch? (laughs) And it it just kind of took off. That is so cool. We definitely have a lot to thank her for. So, <laughs> <laughs> well said. <laughs> right on. Well, hey, I, I really appreciate sharing all these tips. There's obviously a lot more in your book and on your tours, things of that nature. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But now it's time for the final countdown. So if somebody only had time for one meal in New Orleans, where should they go and what should they eat? I get asked that question a lot. People say, what's the one thing I got to eat? I only have 24 hours. I send them to Mr. B's Bistro in the French Quarter for the barbecue shrimp. I think that's in my opinion, the single best plate of food in New Orleans. There's just nothing can compare, and it really is unbelievable. Oh, wow. That sounds delicious. Now, both of you have been here for a number of years. What's one of your most memorable stories of New Orleans? I think it's a hard one to answer because one of the reasons I love this city so much is every day is different. There's always a different experience, a different artist or something happening that you've never seen before. So I think one of my favorite ones is getting lost in the French Quarter and just letting your nose, letting your ears lead the way, just discovering so many little hidden corners and things that you would never know. Um, One of those times I did that and went into a restaurant all of a sudden, the table next to me goes back to that music again. They just all started singing. There was like eight different people, and they were wanting the matriarch to sing, and then they all joined in in the middle of a restaurant during service. You know, that's <laughs> just really special. That is incredible. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that too often people, when they travel, maybe that's just an American thing, right? We only have so many vacation days, and it's tough to get away, where we try to cram so much into just like a couple days of a vacation. And sometimes we need to just budget some time that's like nothing is planned, where you can do something like that, where you can just follow your nose, follow your ears, and just explore without having a a set agenda. Yeah, New Orleans is one of the best places for that. I always tell people, if you show up with no agenda, that's the best way. Just walk down the street. If it smells good, go there and eat. If it sounds good, go there and listen. And you end up finding places, then it becomes yours because you found it, Mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. And like you said earlier, that New Orleans is kind of like Nashville, where everything is so close, where, you know what, if you don't like it there, just literally walk one or two doors down and you'll find something else that you really like. Yep, definitely. You know, I like to drink when I'm out and about. So where's the happiest happy hour in New Orleans? I think one of the best happy hours is at Domenica. Domenica is an Italian restaurant in the Roosevelt Hotel. Uh, once again, beautiful place, wonderful restaurant, but their happy hour is just fantastic. They get uh, great prices on a couple of their drinks, but then also their pizzas. And uh, they have these individual gourmet pizzas that are just to die for. And that's one of the better happy hours. Mm-hmm. I got to give a shout out to Emerald's Nola in the French Quarter. They have excellent cocktails, excellent food, and excellent prices during happy hour. And then I think another one that is definitely worthy of note is the Black Duck Bar, which is at Palace Cafe. 
Yeah. And there's a special drink that you can get at the Black Duck Bar. I'm going to let Mark tell you about it. That would be the Hurricane, but it's an original Hurricane. And you can't ask for a hurricane. If you've been to New Orleans and you've had a hurricane, you're probably going to make an ugly face because it's awful. And that was invented at Pat O'Brien's bar. But what they're serving at Pat O'Brien's isn't exactly what was invented. So if you want an original hurricane, which is fantastic, you go to Pal's Cafe, their little sneaky upstairs bar called the Black Duck, and you're going to order a drink called the Nash Roberts. Nash Roberts is a beloved meteorologist here in New Orleans, and they knew better than to call it the hurricane because no one would order it. But the original hurricane is called the Nash Roberts there at the Palace Cafe, Black Duck Bar. And it's done with, you know, fresh pureed passion fruit, good lime juice, and some rum. It's relatively simple, but it's just delicious. Oh, that sounds amazing. Well, speaking of pizza, uh, you mentioned there, one of the things I always do whenever I travel is check out the local pizza. Where should I go for the best pizza in New Orleans? Yeah, that's a big question because New Orleans is known for their food, but not so much their pizza. Yeah. One of my favorite pizzas is at a restaurant called Dini's, and it's a seafood pizza that you just can't get everywhere else. <laughs> yeah, but if you're looking for something more traditional, like a pepperoni pizza, uh, I love Magazine Street Pizza. They do a great job. Right on. Well, uh, I think we'll probably have to try both because I'm more like traditional <laughs> with the pepperoni, but my wife, she loves all the different concoctions and, and trying new things, and seafood is right up her alley. Oh, good. Do you not like seafood? I like like shrimp when they're really hot, but once they get more room temperature or cool, then I'm like, eh, I'll do something else. Go to Mr. B's and try the barbecue shrimp and your mind will be or your mind will be blown. Absolutely. Awesome. I look forward to it. Wear the bib. They will give you a bib. Just wear it. Trust me. <laughs> OK, I definitely will. So obviously you wrote the book on New Orleans. You tour everybody all over the, all over the city. What's your best travel tip? I say that you should come in the month of or around October. I think that's a great time to come without agenda. You probably gonna have the best time at that time because the weather is very nice at that time. Yeah, spring or fall is a great, great time to be here weather-wise. Yeah, without an agenda, for sure, give yourself some time just to explore because there are a lot of people get here and they say, oh my goodness, I didn't realize there's so much to do. I thought it was all in the French Quarter. I thought it was all Bourbon Street, but there's so much more. So give yourself time for that. And then don't sweat the small stuff. I mean, when it comes to travel, it can be stressful if everything has to go perfectly, but Let's face it, just expect that it's not. <laughs> then you won't have any problems. Yeah. You know, Angela and I travel quite a bit ourselves. We love traveling and we go different places. And, and a generalized travel tip is learn how to pack in one backpack for however long it's going to be. We packed a three-week trip into two backpacks and we didn't have to worry about checking luggage or anything. So that's a generalized travel tip that we have. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I hate checking bags. Part of it's just the fact of it maybe doesn't arrive or or you have to wait for it when it, when you get to your destination and instead of going out there and exploring right away. But you also have the flexibility to change flights. Absolutely. Again, I want to say thank you for being on the show. You've shared so much. I've learned a lot about New Orleans and I'm probably saying New Orleans wrong because I know it's more New Orleans yeah. and, and everything else like that, right? So I'm definitely the gringos coming out in me uh, <laughs> with, without I'm pronouncing things. Can you tell us a little about who you are, what you do? And then if people have more questions about, about the tour that we mentioned, your book, New Orleans in general, what's the best way for them to reach on social media? So we are New Orleans Secrets Tours is a tour company. We try to give you tours in various different areas in New Orleans, but also foodie tours, history tours, 
you know, a little bit of everything is what we do, cemetery, et cetera. I think Angela and I make a really good team because I was born and raised here. And so I've got this local perspective, whereas Angela is a transplant from Milwaukee or from Wisconsin, I should say. And uh, so she understands the visitor perspective. So our tours are all built and written with both perspectives in mind. And it really is kind of neat. Yeah. I also got to mention the mysteries of voodoo tour. That's one of my absolute favorite experiences. I don't personally give that tour. We have voodoo practitioners that give that tour, but you learn the truth and how different it is from what mainstream media has made you believe. But to find us, you can go to our website, nosecretstours.com. We have pretty robust Facebook presence with some live events and different things that we do that also will be No Secrets Tours on Facebook. And if you'd like the book, it is The Secret New Orleans, A Guide to the Weird, Wonderful, and Obscure. You can also find that on our website, um, the nosecretstours.com. Click on the shop link and we have that book and some other merchandise available there. Okay. So if somebody had a question or they want to learn more, where should they reach on social media? Is it Facebook or Twitter, Instagram? Facebook's great. Um, Instagram's fine too. Give us a call. Our phone number rings multiple people. So we always try and give you a live answer when you call or text. And that would be 504-517-5397. And then there's also email info. I-N-F-O at nosecretstours.com. So yeah, we're always attached to our phones. And if we're giving a tour, then someone else is going to be at those places. Again, always try and give you a live answer right away. Thank you for all that. And we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Thanks so much. What an awesome conversation with Angela and Mark. You can find all the links we talked about today at wetravelthere.com forward slash New Orleans. We want to say thank you to Clear for being today's affiliate sponsor. Take advantage of our special limited time offer where you can try Clear for free for two months. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Clear to sign up today. Join us next time as we head to St. Louis, Missouri to speak with my new friend Dia Hoover of arewetheretdia.com. Dia and I talk about the Gateway Arch, which is the tallest national monument, taking a riverboat tour, and why the zoos and museums are free. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you subscribe. That way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations. 